So I'm just waiting. Are we okay for video on uh, YouTube? Thank you. All right. Okay, so welcome to, uh, this morning. To, we're gathered um, here at Chelsea Community Church. Um, we're two churches, really, in a way. We're a city temple, together with those who are also part of uh, Chelsea uh, area, joining here with us. And our senior minister, Pastor Rod, is awake at the moment, and with, together with Karen. Um, we're praying for them as they have this time of rest, these two weeks. And so here with the elders and some of the leaders, we're leading and sharing the word. I want you to open your Bibles, if you have them there, or follow with us on the screen, to the book of Jonah. Um, I'm going to read chapter 1. And if you're watching on Zoom, we're also grateful to everyone that's connected. If you could keep your microphones off, it just helps at this time. And there'll be some time of fellowship afterwards. So we read Jonah chapter 1. And we're going to read the whole chapter. Uh, what the Lord says. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amitri, Amitri uh, sorry, Amitai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it, for the evil has come upon before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go to, it, to them to Tarsus, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. The mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship, and laid down his uh, down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us, and we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us, on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that there was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to the dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it is pleased. It pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Let's bow our heads in prayer. 
Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you that we can gather together as your body, as the church, to hear your word, Lord, to be edified. Bring us truth. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Speak to our minds. Renew us, Lord, that we can become more Christ-like, that our words and our actions honor you, Lord, we pray. We thank you, Lord, that your word reaches in deep into our heart, Lord, and renews us, Lord. We thank you for the truth that you give us, Lord, we pray. Father, we bless all that hear this this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Right, so this is one of those stories that we all, if you've grown up in church, you know the story of Jonah one way or another. Um, as I was um, doing some study on minor prophets, I was really just looking at how God has a, these, we call them minor prophets, but really when you read their stories, it's quite a bit of impact. There's a punch in these guys and these, uh, these stories that you read about them. Uh, you see sometimes the kind of these strong prophetic words that they have, these warnings that they give to, to Israel or to even nations around them, sometimes exhorting them for slavery or uh, injustice or for uh, dishonoring God, for allowing idolatry to come back into the nation. These minor prophets, we, we call them minor, but really they've got a major punch and uh, strength in them. But then, I mean, the story of Jonah is really one of those stories that, is, especially if you've grown up in church, if you've been uh, part of church kids' ministry, you may have not, you know, seen that story kind of come up at least a couple of times. I mean, I remember uh, we used to sing a song in Spanish. And so I was thinking whether or not I do the song. I, I remember Pastor Rod doing, you know, always look on the brighter side of life. Now, okay, his singing's better than mine. But I do, I actually do feel like I should do the song because I, I think my kids haven't really experienced that. They've grown up more in, a, in an English context in a British church. But my, my, the song was this one. And I'm, I actually, I have to use my hands for this because it's, if you grew up in church, you use hands with children's ministry. So it's, um, my wife's going to have to remind me. Jonas no hizo caso a la palabra de Dios. Jonah did not obey the word of God. It's the first time. Por eso al mar profundo la gente lo tiró. So threw him to the deep part of the sea. Y vino un pez muy grande y glup se lo tragó. I think you can understand what that's, <laughs> that is. The fish swallowed him. Uh, uh, how's the next part? Vino un pez muy grande y la, um, le tragó. ¿Por qué no hizo caso a la palabra de Dios? Because he did not obey the word of God. The song kind of goes on nicely. It's more, I'm just kind of giving you. But, you know, you grow up with those things and you learn that story. And a lot of the stories sometimes as children, you think they look so pretty. Oh, a beautiful big whale just swallowed him up and you know, spat him out a few days later. And you, you don't think much, you know, how gruesome actually and how quite, you know, violent some of these stories can be. Even like stories like David and Goliath, it's quite brutal, it's quite gory. Or, you know, when you, you think of Noah's Ark, we, we, as kids, we were painted as, you know, this beautiful big ark picking up all the animals nicely into the ship. And we don't think of, you know, a lot of people actually died that day when that flood. A lot of, there was a lot of pain and suffering happening. So we, we tend to paint things a little bit nicer. And the Bible shows all the, all the sometimes gory details in that sense. But here, back to Jonah's story, back to where we are. And I'm thinking about it, about how Jonah kind of missed something that God wanted him to really focus on and see. So just a little bit of his story of who he is. He is a prophet. He was very successful, actually. If you look at um, 2 Kings chapter 14, verse 25, if you just take note of it and look at it, he was, he was a prophet at the time of, I think, King, the second King uh, Roboam. And he, he was a prophet that prophesied the prosperity of the nation, the victory of the nation. 
So he was very patriotic, very nationalistic in the sense that he wanted Israel to do well. Nothing wrong with that. It's good to want your nation to do well. It was good. They were the people of God. They had a covenant. They had a blessing over them. And so Jonah had this, you know, he was, you know, we, the people of Israel, we're prosperous. We're going to, God is going to restore lands and things that have been stolen from us are going to come back to us. Sounds like revival. And it was in a way. Jonah had a restoration. Jonah saw people, uh, saw this land restored to Israel. And so, and also in the same sense, there was in the word of God that there was also commands. And, you know, we could see the story. He, he must have seen there were times where God would also take out his justice on on nations that were, were idolatrous and corrupt and evil. Nations that would take advantage of the weak, the poor, the orphan, and the widow. And Jonah knew those things. And one of those nations that he most probably, and, and at that time, and what we understand from the Bible a little bit more in the story, is that Nineveh was an enemy of, of, of the people of God. And Nineveh was a very bloodthirsty, very aggressive nation. And when you, if you ever get a chance to see some of the the, the history of, 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 the, of uh, the people of God and, and of this nation, you see, they did horrific things to their enemies. They would cut them to pieces. They would put their heads on stakes and, and parade them and, and, and humiliate their enemies. They would treat horribly the, 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 the slaves. There was, so it was very corrupt. It was completely bloodthirsty kind of nation. So that's the nation that Jonah, and he, and he, he would have heard other prophets of his time even prophesy against these nations and say, because of your, your wickedness, because of your injustice, because you have done wrong to, to my creation, I, I, I will rebuke your nation. I will bring it down. And, you know, this was normal. So Jonah, in a way, you have to hear, he had heard God. He had success. He had seen some good stuff. Now, God has given him a very strange prophecy. And he heard God. He didn't doubt this. You, you, when you read this story, he doesn't say, wait a minute, God, Wait, wait, you know, are we lost in translation here? Is there something I'm not catching? You're saying to me right now, as a people of Israel, someone under God's covenant, we're supposed to be the blessing. You're now telling me to be a missionary. Now catch that. You're telling me to get out of my nation, go somewhere different, to a different culture, and to people that hate us, who've been an enemy to us, and you're telling me now to give them the message and say to repent to, that God's judgment has come upon them? So Jonah has this battle in his heart with this message. And he does the complete opposite of God's command. Again, back, back to the children's song. He did not obey the word of God. He did not listen. He did not, well, he listened, but he didn't apply it. He didn't put action to it. And if, if anything, he was reluctant. He disobeyed and went completely in the opposite direction. If you look on a map, uh, Nineveh was at the east of the map of, of, of that time, far up in the north from Israel. And Tarsus, what we understand, was a land that was far away, crossing the ocean to the furthest point that they knew at that time. Now, they would use that saying, you know, as far as the eye could see, they would say, as far as Tarsus. That was their way of saying, far away. And that's the first thing that comes into Jonah's heart. Instead of saying, you know, instead of looking at it from God's point of view and refocusing and reviewing, okay, what do you want us to do? Relook at this whole, you know, go back to the word and see, okay, God, how? Why? They're our enemy. And so instead of doing this, he completely goes. He completely loses what God wants to do with him. And Nineveh was not God's people. That's the, the pride of his heart, the pride and the prejudice, really. Here, here is the true pride and prejudice man. And in it, his heart was not for this. 
you're asking me to do something I've never done before. You're asking me to do something no one else has ever done before. And so you could imagine, and you, and you can understand the arguments piling up inside of him, probably making him feel, you know, even fear at the sense. Again, remember, this is a really horrible nation that he feared in, in many ways. And he was one man. It wasn't like God saying, well, let's get a whole team, let's get an army of, of, of Israel ready with you just in case anything. No, it's just, Jonah, I'm giving you the instruction, and I'm anointing you for this. He heard God, but he had doubt. He, well, he allowed fear, not doubt, he had allowed fear to get into him, and he went in the opposite direction. Knowing God, knowing him and, and knowing his ways was something that escaped Jonah. See, if we go a little bit back to the book of Genesis, and we look at God's promise to Abraham, and we look at his blessing to, there in, in, in Genesis chapter 12, he said to Abraham, I will bless you. Yes, this covenant, you are my chosen people. But in you, Abraham, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So something sometimes the people of Israel skip and for, would forget. And sometimes others forget. That it isn't just that God wants to bless me and my household. But God also blesses us to be a blessing to others. Jonah's blessing as a people of Israel under covenant, under, under God's blessing, was also to be a blessing to Yes, at times, that would mean to confront and speak truth to power and to confront the immorality and the injustice. But at the same time, it was also to bring salvation. You know, look, because Israel was an interesting, an interesting laws and system that they had. They would treat fairly their, their, those that were of, of ethnic minority. If you look at it carefully, even in the law, they would look after the stranger. When the stranger is in your people, treat them fairly, treat them rightly. And if you have slaves, there are certain rules and regulations to take care of them, even giving them at a certain time freedom as well. And I know some would argue with well, slavery and this, but you, you also need to understand the whole structure, history of how behind that as well in that time. And so there was in their law, in their scriptures, in their, in the, in their word, there is this image that, yes, there is a, a, a moment where God wanted other nations to come to see him and his mercy and his righteousness. There are some thoughts that maybe Jonah, this is one, one point of view that I read, that maybe Jonah saw that he knew God was merciful and he knew God would, would bring revival to, to, to Nineveh, that he didn't want that. Because it meant, in a way, it would be unfair for him. He'd say, how would they, why them? I was um, reading some books on revival as well. And I, I read a, a line that stood out so much for me, that one people group that were, were so low in, in church attendance and they were finding it difficult to see a move of God. And God brought people from other nations to, to, to begin to fill those churches. And one of the men in that church said, God, we ask for revival, but not in this way. And that was unfortunate that he didn't see how God was bringing something fresh and new to his church because of his pride and his prejudice, because of his anger. He could not focus, review what God was saying in his word. And that's, that's something for us to think about, because we are praying for an awakening. We are praying for revival and outpouring of the Spirit of God. And it may, came, it may happen in ways that we don't imagine, with people groups that we unexpect. I, I've seen, especially when we've had an opportunity with Rod to be at some other churches, and we saw how they would pray for for revival in certain parts of Europe. But I was 
at the same time in the news, we were seeing how people from the Middle East were coming through, and how people, and now we see Ukrainians coming through, and how people were missing how sometimes there's a move of God even in these things, that God moves. There's, there's something happens. I, 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 you will see if you've had the opportunity to do missions. And that's something, just a little rabbit hole here, a little rabbit path I'm going down. Uh, if you ever get an opportunity to do missions, because this story is a missionary story, if you ever get an opportunity, take it. Even if it's a short-term mission, a week or two weeks, whatever, do it. It's, there's something about getting out of your, your box, your culture, your, your structures, that allows you to see something of God's heart for all nations and all people. And I, I, I'm really grateful that I've had that privilege in two ways. One, I've been blessed to get out and, and see some places, but also been blessed to see what it's like for those who are others here in the UK, for those who feel that they're not part always of the, of the, of the country, of the, of the nation. But at the same time, I've seen the amazing how the church is a blessing to connect all of that. How the church is a way of making home away from home, and how we could be part of that. Back to Jonah, because that's really where we're going. He really, the reluctant prophet, but also a reluctant missionary. You think about it, this is the Old Testament. I mean, the missionaries, we always think of Paul the Apostle. We think of the first missionary journeys in the book of Acts. But this is Old Testament. And this is God almost saying, I also want, I'm a God of mission. I'm a God who thinks of other people and other nations. And something that we need to know is that God is already in the mission field. God is already doing things in people groups that are outside of us. It's a, when you ever get a chance to read, I will recommend some missionary books that you should read if you get the chance. You can probably get them uh, online. Some of them are free if you look around hard enough. Uh, Gladys Aylworth, the, the Little Woman. Bruchko, Bruce Olson, who went to the, uh, in, in between Colombia and Ecuador, he was serving to native groups there. And there's one, Jim Elliott, and I'm a big fan of him for different reasons, obviously family and stuff like that. But the missionaries there, they would leave everything, go out, but they're, they're, to their surprise many times, God was already doing something in those people groups. God was always already preparing hearts. There was a need, a hunger, a change, a desire to see something happen. They sometimes even having little bits of truth within their history, in their language. For example, Bruce Olson. I like his story because his, they, they were expecting, and they had the, the, the natives had a story about how the banana leaves would bring some message of God to help and to heal and to restore. And it didn't make any sense to them, but they'd never seen a book, and they'd never read a Bible. And when Bruce Olson opened the Bible to them and was reading, they connected it and said, oh, we have in our stories about the banana leaves and how they would be a message from God to us from there. And so they connected the Bible to those banana leaves and they were interested in Bruce Olson's message. There was something of God already happening in them, but they yet needed the missionaries or those of being sent from the church to connect the rest and bring them that truth. And that's, again, coming back to, 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 to Jonah, disobeying a call, allowing his pride and his prejudice and reluctant and rebellious and this odd missionary really goes completely the other way. Instead, missing at the beginning of what God wanted to do. He was meant to be the blessing. He was meant to be the person who would bring a, a, a change. And he actually does. I don't read the whole story. There's four chapters and there's more to this. But if you do go further down, it, 
obviously there does at the end of the story he obeys and and he does see this whole nation from young to old uh, everyone come to repentance he was the blessing and look what happens in the ship the men who are we use the word pagan they were not of the covenant of the people of god they weren't saved they're the ones looking for god jonah's asleep completely missing what God was doing. And, then, and even when finally he does wake up, he knows what's going on. This is, this is no regular storm. Now, the, 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 the sailors and those who are working on the ship, they recognize it. Now, you, if you've ever talked to sailors or people from naval ships, they understand storms. They know that it can get rough. And if you've lived on the sea for years, you understand. You've just got to ride it out sometimes. You've got to you know, hold it in and just get through it. But these men were, were, were completely afraid because they saw this isn't natural. What we are seeing is something supernatural. In a sense, this, is, this is, does not make sense. This is something of God. And they seek God in their fear and in their, and in their worry and anxiety. It, it has opens the opportunity to their hearts to look for God. And, you know, they cast lots and they find that Jonah is the one that needs to be kind of dealt with. And Jonah knows. He goes, the reason that you're going through all of this turmoil is because I'm disobeying God. The reason that you're going through this difficulty is because, you know, I should be going in actually the opposite direction. And in this, and in this funny conversation, they they actually become fearful of God, and they, you know, they don't really want to throw him out. And he says to them, you know, you've got to get rid of me. That's the way you're going to get saved. You can you see the reluctance of these men, and they, they even pray, God, forgive us for what we're about to do. And they're you know, literally throwing the guy out. But in that, they realize everything completely changed. The storm ends. And they have this almost encounter with God. You say, you hear that they want to now give sacrifices to God. Now, we don't know furthermore if they just add God to the shelf to their other gods or if they really genuinely become interested in the God of Israel, the true God. But in our context, in our time, thinking about those people around us, we, do, we are going through difficult times. Nations are being shaken, governments, and the problems that are having crisis financially, economically. But in this shaking, God opens hearts as well. Or this, this situations happen where we can now step in and say, well, you know, sometimes you will find, we, we have found with my wife that we could talk to people and they've, you know, we've tried this, we've tried that, we've gone through everything. Can we pray for you? Can we lay hands on you? Can we, do you permit us just to ask for the Lord to intervene in this situation? And, some, and the willingness is unbelievable. Yes, please, we're going through all of this. Sometimes even with, with, with work, we may be talking to someone and it's just the conversation we're going through right now. There's the financial crisis. Well, let's pray and believe that God is going to be our provider in this, that he will see us through this storm as well. We are the blessing, and we are able to bless others. We're able to give this to, to them. And he's on top of Well, the last part on this is that it is a selfish act, really, of Jonah. It wasn't exactly like Jonah was saying, okay, I repent, God. And I want to get right with you here. I'm going to humble myself and get my way back to, to, to Nineveh. So like Jonah's like, you know, do you really want to sort this out? Just get rid of me. That was kind of a selfish act. It wasn't in any way um, wisdom or, or, or martyr. He wasn't in any way at this very moment being a martyr. If anything, he was just thinking of himself. I still want to get far away from what God wants to do. And Jonah would rather die than obey the will of God. He, again, he was no martyr in this. But I, there's something that I, I wanted to read here. This is, for us to rebel against God's will, as Jonah did, is to invite the chastening hand of God. That's why 
in the Westminster Catechism, it states, the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So to do the will of God is to glorify God. And if anything, we see this, this reluctant missionary and prophet was not doing the will of God. He was completely not wanting to, 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 to do this. And in his heart, <clears throat> he was just pushing it away. But yet God's hand was still on him. God's purpose and calling was still on him. And I'm grateful about that because, yeah, if Jonah was absolutely going against it, we sometimes, as people, we're looking for God's will. We're asking him, whether it's right now here for Chelsea Community Church, City Temple, London, United Kingdom, the nations, we're asking God, let your will be done. We're listening. And I think this gives me hope because if he was reluctant and was going against it, how much more is God willing to help those who are willing, submitting, and humbly seeking him and saying, Lord, let your will be done. I want to understand it. So God is interested, in, and, and this is the part, because he wasn't repentant, and, and something that we do, and that is good for us, is that we do. We, we, we know that when we repent to God, and when we have sinned, we humbly turn to him, and he will restore his mercy and his forgiveness to us. And it says God is more interested in our repentance than in our sin. And I think if Jonah understood this, things would have happened quicker in the right way. So there's some things here that I, I want to share with you. There's uh, three things that I really believe that God speak, spoke to me that I want to communicate as well on this. And listen, God has not, God's call has not changed. God's call has not changed. And we need to refocus on what he has said. God's works, you know, God still works through his people and through his church. He's still calling us. Now, some of us may have that call to nations. Some of us may have a call just to the neighborhood. Some of us may have a call to our families. But God's still calling. God is still asking us to still be part of his mission work. Your mission field may be your children. Your mission field may be your work area. Your mission field may be the sphere where, where you are. But there is still a mission to be done. There is still people to be reached. There's still a need out there that we, we are supposed to step into and be a blessing. And sometimes it can be in that prayer walk. I'm really grateful that we're, we're about to do some prayer walks around this area because those are moments where God opens up opportunities around the neighborhood, and where we, people say, well, you know, what is happening, and they, you, know, you connect. We've just a couple of times sat out here, uh, Olashina's hat has happened to him, to Rod, and to myself, and people say, you know, oh, the church is back open here. I used to be part of this church five years ago, four years ago. I'll come, and we're hearing people coming, and knocking, and talking with us, and sharing. Just being present sometimes, being that blessing in that place, that God's call is still there for his church. The, the second thing is that God's promises are still true. And we, we've got to refocus on this. That his plan, his mission hasn't changed. He still wants to see cities and families. So that, that if something that Jonah should have caught is Nineveh is a huge city, a powerful city. And God, for God so loved the world. Now, I know it's a New Testament verse, but that's his heart. The, the heart of the Father was always for nations, people groups, families. And so if he could have seen this, he would have seen that, yes, this is a big city. And a lot of, a lot of times, as uh, I found the challenge with, with, when, um, with a lot of the leaders that we were training one time, was that they all wanted to leave the city. Like, I want, I want safety for my kids. I want a better life. And they want to go further rural. It's further out. Whether, and it's not just here in London. That in any part, any nation with big cities, people build a family and go further out. But really... God's love is for cities and for, and, and for where people are together. 
And sometimes it is, I think it is hard for families because bringing up kids in a city is always a challenge. But that's where we're going to be the blessing. That's where the needs are. That's where the schools, the places of influence, media, um, government, uh, uh, all the, 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 the places that are bringing and changing our, our, our communities are there. And that's where we need to be. And so we need to know that God's promise is still true, that he still loves and wants to do things in the city. And the third thing, my final one, is that God wants us to know that salvation, to refocus on the gospel. And here we see that Jonah went into the belly of the fish three days, and, and there's some similarities in the gospel of um, Matthew and Luke. It speaks about how Jonah, you know, he says, um, Jesus says, you know, this adulterous generation asks for signs and wonders. You will only get the sign and, and the message of Jonah. Now, this is interesting because another it says, you know, I'll give you the sign that, that three days that I was in the belly and, or that Jonah was in the belly. There's these two parts in the gospel that speak about the signs. And there's some signs here that we see that Jonah was a sign in the sense that he, as one person, preached the message of God to a city and a whole city came to the knowledge of God. One. Two. Yes, he went into the belly of a fish and on the third day rose or came back. Different to the sense that Jesus died. Now, this is not a literal uh, um, imagery, but it is to help us to understand that the Son of Man was going to die, but come again and have a message and, and, and bring salvation to all. So there's these similarities there. He's an important prophet, even though he was reluctant, rebellious, difficult, and stubborn, and even complained at the end of it, when he saw that Nineveh, if you read the whole uh, book, at the end of the story, Nineveh comes to God, he's still angry and upset with God. He sits under a tree and he just complains that he wished that this didn't happen. But yet, God's plans are bigger. He was that patriot. He was that nationalist. He was that man who loved his nation, but he forgot that also you can love a nation, but you should love all nations as well. That yes, when, when we come to heaven, isn't it wonderful that the book of Revelation says every tribe, every nation, every tongue will be praising God all around the throne. We will see our brothers from all the continents together lifting up Jesus. And that was the message, that we are, yes, we celebrate. I, I'm, a fun, I'm an oddity in that sense, because uh, when I'm with the Latinos, you know, they say to me, you're very British. You're not very Latino. And when I'm with the British, you're very Latino. You're not very British. So I'm, 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 I'm what we say, I live between the hyphen, and I don't mind that. When, many years ago, it was a big complex in me. I was, Lord, I'm lost. Where am I? You know, am I here or there? Now I, I rejoice in it, and I enjoy it. I can laugh about it. I, can, I could be in, in Colombia, uh, with my British friends uh, on the mission trip and laugh about the way they are sometimes. I see them making nice little cues to get their food and to get their books while my, my, my Colombian brothers are rushing and just jumping like, hey, hey, give me that plate, give me that book. And they don't care about cues or lines or anything like that. But I could also be here and I can watch my, my, my Latino brothers and friends and they struggle and things and I can laugh with them and show them, look, it's not like that here. You know, you have to be very you know, quiet. You, know, you don't put loud music on the underground. You just, you just don't do it. You just, you know, on the underground, you're quiet. Open a book and you just put your head down, which they don't understand. But, you know, if you've lived here long enough, you understand. You keep things quiet sometimes. We, are, we, we can be part of all. And I think that's the wonderful thing about being polycultural. We celebrate those different things and we connect to those things at the same time. And that's what Jesus did in his incarnation. He came and became like us. He didn't just stay in heaven and say, okay, I'll, I'll you know, somehow sort out this mess. No, he came, suffered, died, rose, lived with us, became part of us, so that we could be saved. Amen?
Let us stand and let us pray. Father, we are grateful, Lord, for the message in your word, Lord. You genuinely, with all your heart, love the city of London. You love it because there are nations and peoples and families. There are those with needs. There are widows. There are those who are sick. There are those who are in, in, in times of injustice here. And you love to be involved right in the heart of that, Lord. Because you are the God of justice. You are the God of mercy. And you are the God of healing. And you want your body, your hands and feet, your mouth, your ears, your eyes to represent you in every sphere of this great city, Lord. And I, it's this same prayer is for every city, for Paris, for, for Brussels, and for New York, for Bogota, for Peru, for Calcutta, for, for Hong Kong, Lord. This is the same prayer, Lord, that you desire for your church to rise up in the city, to love a nation. Even when there's been cruelty, injustice, you love Moscow. You love the people of Russia. You love the Ukrainians. You love Palestine. You love Israel, Lord. You love the nations, Lord. But you, Lord, are a God of righteousness. And you want your church to bring the truth, Lord. You want us to bring your justice, Lord, before the return of Christ. You want us to bring the message of hope and love and of repentance, Lord. So, Father, stir up our hearts again. Give us that boldness, Lord. Show us where we've been reluctant. Show us where we've been rebellious. And show us where we've been allowing pride and prejudice, Lord. When we have said them but not us, or the other but not this. It's so easily, Lord, to look at someone else and, and exclude, Lord. But give us grace and love to see the need in everyone, Lord. Father, I thank you because that is what's happening here with us. You have brought so many nations together. And, he, and we may look small in number, but we are powerful in, in our punch and in our move in the Spirit, Lord. We're able to do great things for your glory and honor, Lord. We serve a mighty God who loves the nations, who wants to see them saved, who wants to send missionaries to places, Lord. And we pray for that. We thank you for those who are right now in very difficult places, who are, who are taking the message to people who may have never even heard the name of Jesus. We pray for them right now, Lord. The challenges that they face, there are still people groups, Lord, in, in Asia and Africa and Latin America, tribes and groups and, and families that have never known or worshipped the true living God. But Lord, I know you're there. You're already doing things amongst them. There are stirrings in their hearts. We hear about those who have dreams and visions in the Middle East and see Jesus, but don't know the name. We pray for those missionaries that are out there reaching and connecting for them. We pray for those in Africa, Lord, as well. We're lifting up churches and raising up missionaries there. That now the, the global south is the greatest missionary agency to the world, Lord. And we pray for the West. We pray for Europe and North America, who have always been the established church and always been the, the ones who have sent out to the others. But now they need it more than anyone, Lord. We pray for our, our, those nations. Lord. I, I, Lord, I pray because here this nation sent out missionaries to the whole world. And now you're bringing us all back here, Lord, to bring a, a, a revival and an, an awakening and a, something new to this land as well. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're doing something. I want us to connect to that, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And I want one prayer.